Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. In this week's episode, the guys cover some common real estate myths, all while enjoying Oak and Eden Toasted Bear. What up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. I am here with Jameson Amaros, as usual. Oscar Ibarra. And we have a... Wait, who are you? Uh, I mean... I am Charlie Sardelli. There it is. You're right. You're right. It's hard. I'm just so ready to get into the topic. Uh, and, and in all honesty, like I was going to say, is because this might be a little bit of a controversial one. <laughs> Who are you and how did you get on this couch? <laughs> you know, I just belong on the... This isn't uh, where I parked that card. Is that the cat, the casting couch? Yeah. Is that oh, what well, no, 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 no. That's a little bit different, you know. Um, if you want wrong to podcast. The wrong podcast. podcast. If I had the couch, that's wrong. more. Wrong so, yeah. podcast. If that's, if that's something that you're in... So let me know in the comments. I'll start the OnlyFans, and I won't have to be a realtor anymore. $3 a month. You just get 15,000 subscribers. <laughs> you're retired. Good to go. Good to go. Um, but, yeah, today, guys, uh, the, the topic that we want to talk about is real estate myths. We want to go ahead and debunk some of what we think are the biggest myths around real estate, um, all while enjoying, honestly, a very interesting bourbon. Um, I don't know if you guys can see it in the bottle there, but there's this little oak twirl in the bottle um and we'll, we'll get into that but it adds it's supposed to add a little bit a little bit more to the bourbon and we'll let you know if that's what it does mm -hmm. it, it'll further i don't want to say age but give the flavoring yeah yeah exactly yeah. flavor profile mm -hmm. absolutely well absolutely or it's a bottle of bourbon and somebody just stuck a piece of wood in and is that like the equivalent of the <laughs> charge more for it. we're gonna find out of the yeah. worm on tequila you know they put the worm yeah that's the equivalent yeah. i mean they, I, don't know. I'd, I would like to see somebody finish the bottle and then just try and bite the shit out of that oak stick. <laughs> like a real man. Depending on how today's show goes. Like, maybe. Like a real man. Like a real man. Just chewing on the oak stick. I like it. It's like, this is a man-sized toothpick. Well, before we get into today's episode, guys, remember, we do an episode every week. Our audio drops uh, usually every Friday, um, and the video usually drops anywhere between Monday and Wednesday. Um, and like I said last week, we are going to be kind of rebranding here soon, going with the uh, the Mile High Perspective as a new channel. So stay tuned and, and make sure that uh, w when we drop that channel, you guys hop on and subscribe because it's not only going to be the podcast. It's going to be Community Spotlight videos, shorts, um, the, the podcast, and little short videos on topics, basically taking this large form that we have with the podcast, kind of shorten it down. So if you don't want to watch us talk and drink for an hour, you, have somewhere, you still have somewhere to go. Yeah, let us know what, what you want to hear. Obviously, this show is for the consumer. Exactly. We all have friends and family that are in the industry. They already know. They know what they're talking about. This is for you, the consumer. So we can narrow down what you want to hear, what you want to listen to, or maybe you just want to listen to us talk crap about it. If you want to hear more about bourbon, let us know. If you want to hear more about real estate, let us know. But it all comes down to you guys commenting and let us know, whether that's on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Put it in the comments. Let us know because how, how can we do better for you? Exactly. Yep. That's why we're here. Is and honest. Other than having fun with friends and drinking some bourbon, we're doing this because we feel like the public needs more information to be armed and ready for real estate. Yep. And uh, with that being said, it's our topic today with with the five real estate myths is going to be is, is going to be real fun. So let's go ahead and, and dive into this bourbon a little bit. Let's do it. And uh, I'll go ahead and pour it out while Jameson gives you guys a little bit of information on the background. Yeah, so uh, today we are tasting Oak and Eden, um, and it's unique in the sense that there's a lot of bourbons that are what we would consider double oaked, which means uh, the bourbons are fully aged in an oak barrel, and then once they're fully aged, transferred to a different oak barrel to get, uh, essentially interact with the wood longer and give it 
different flavor profiles depending on the type of the oak, the age of the oak, the species of the oak, if it's charred, if it's a you know a, a wine barrel, if it was a a new oak barrel, barrel, new barrel, old yeah. barrel, all sorts of different things, right? Oak in Eden is a little bit unique because what they do is they age it in the in initial barrel, and then instead of aging it in a secondary barrel, they pull out this uh, essentially like an oak spore, right? So I don't know if you guys can see it. We'll try and zoom in. But essentially there is an oak spiral that sits in every single bottle. And this oak spiral matches the barrel type, age, species of tree that the original whiskey was aged in. So in this case, we are tasting toasted oak, which nice. toasted whiskey is great. I love toasted whiskey. We had about Elijah that. Craig. Yeah, uh, toasted, toasted barrel. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, Basil Hayden makes a decent one that's pretty cheap. Well, I remember the whole point of the doing the toasted barrel is it's the by toasting the barrel it's supposed to caramelize the sugar in the in yes. the wood. Correct. So it's supposed to add a little bit more sweetness to the to the bourbon. Yes, a little bit of a dare I say creamy mouthfeel. Oh shit, it's back. It's back. <laughs> it's back, baby. You Wait, we good. And this I, I came back. I've never had this one, so this yeah. is a new one for me. And I've seen that process done on mm -hmm. bourbon barrels that they want to add some more flavor profiles. They'll they'll take it out and put put it in their own decanter and then throw one of those in there. Yeah, so this is this too. is cool. This yeah. is I've never had this. Yeah. So this yeah. one it's ninety proof, so forty five percent ABV. Um, it should have again this kind of toasted caramel, vanilla, smoky flavor. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if there's you know as that private barrel that we had the Elijah Craig, how many different layers it had as far as the flavor profiles. I'm interested to see what this is like, right? Mm -hmm. A couple things on these. They have one, and I'm going to pull it up because I don't want to shortchange them, but they've they've won a bunch of awards for Oak and Eden, okay. specifically the Toasted Barrel. So I'll go through a couple of them because okay. I do want to give them their kudos. Um, in 2022, uh, they were Platinum and Gold Medal in Bourbon and Vine for the San Francisco Spirit Competition. They won in the Sip Awards Platinum and Double Gold for their Wheat Inspire, Four Green Inspire, and Bourbon and Brew, which is uh, bourbon aged in essentially beer barrels so it's okay. kind of reverse the process a little bit 2021 same thing a bunch of platinum double golds bourbon inspire which is what we're going to have today and they also won cigar and spirits competition in 2021 for the bourbon inspire as well so um they are definitely uh, they've got the accolades yeah so sure and the price of it it's 49 bucks nothing crazy Good. kind of mid-range right within that elijah craig four roses um smoke wagon uncut the younger price point and, you know, I think this is, we're starting to get into, I think we've tasted enough whiskeys oh, yeah. now yeah. that we're starting to see that there are very different flavor profiles. 100%. Right? And a lot of people knock whiskey. Um, you know, I've talked to some people that are scotch drinkers and they mm -hmm. drink scotch because they feel that the scotch bottles have a, a larger variety and just the flavors and profiles and whiskey is kind of like the beginner scotch. I'm of the opposite opinion. Yeah. I, one, I think scotch tastes like if I stuck dirt in my mouth and <laughs> swallowed water at the same Sucking time. Sucking on some moss. Yeah, it's weird, right? Uh, but these bourbons, as we taste them, like we, you start to see that there's subtle differences, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's the aftertaste, whether it's the burn, whether it's the flavor profile, so on and so forth. So this one's going to be interesting because these uh, these spires will age for anywhere from six months to a year, depending on how long they sit in the shell. What's the proofing on this one? 90. 90. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and, I'm, and I, mean, I think the $50 range is a great price point for a yes, really good bourbon. It is. Yeah, agree. Yeah, and, and especially the, the bourbon that for for the everyday drinker, yeah. right? Not the not the person who's going to go off and say, oh, I got this bottle from Sir Hamlin. Over. It's, you know Sir Hamlin? Yes. Do you know uh, the Muffin yes. Man? 
Do you know the Muppet <laughs> Man? Did you go to school with that guy <laughs> who lives on Jury Lane? <laughs> and and you know, we're 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 talking about real estate myths. Mm-hmm. We'll tie one into bourbon. Yeah, that the first pour or the neck pour mm-hmm. is the harshest one. Yeah, yeah. you got the neck pour, so I you let us know how that pour, yeah. how that goes. I have the neck pour. Is it a thing? I, I, you know, every time that I don't know why neck pour makes yeah, every, every time I, I, I pour sensual. A, a new a new bottle, I, I forget to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So what if I like, do I shake the bottle? What kind of mix? I don't know. I yeah, got, myth, right? I got a buddy. Um, shout out, Mr. Barkell. Um, he he was the first, one of the first people in my adult life that kind of showed me etiquette around drinking bourbon, and um, it's funny because he, for that reason, he always say he always says shoot the neck. So when he first cracks open a bottle, he doesn't do a sip. He shoots it specifically because he wants to get rid of neck that first. Yep, the neck pour of the bottle. So it's a thing. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go ahead and cheers uh, it up. Get a get a sip in. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. While we're uh, while these guys oh, are tasting this, my, my blanket fell. Hold on, no. <laughs> not the blanket. Oh man, uh, you might want to put that on. It's cold in here. It is. Let uh, me let me let me tell you. Um, I'm sitting here freezing my butt off, so <laughs> I might. It, it's it was negative. I don't know what this morning. Yeah, if you're cold listening, in here. If you're in Colorado. It, it was just, cold as hell. Well, I'm not all dressed up. I'm, I may stutter a little bit and. It's just well, apparently the, the nation's divided like down the center. Like there's record highs happening on the East Coast. Yep. In the meantime, we're in the Antarctic. Negative. I woke up. It was negative. Four. Yeah. It's just yeah. yeah. It was cold. But so. warms you up. Bourbon. Uh, so while we're tasting this, real quick, guys, if you're watching, we're listening. Uh, if you guys want to reach out to us directly, r e s o t r at themilehighperspective.com is our email address. Um, obviously, you guys can comment on the videos, like Charlie said. Uh, you can search us on social media as well. The Mile High Perspective on TikTok. We'll have clips of, of the things that we talk about on there. You can reach out to us that way as well. Emails linked. Um, and then as far as the phone number, uh, 303-587-0263. And that will get to any one of us. So if you guys want to reach out, have questions, topic suggestions, you just want to chat about the market, um, bourbon, whatever you guys want, let us know. Yes. Uh, that's the easy way. And at the end of the show, We'll go ahead and give you guys how you can find us on social media because we all have our, our kind of unique things that we do there. So yep. um, that being said, I will say immediately, just the nose on this bourbon, call me crazy, but I can smell the wood more so than I have in in the other bourbons that we drink. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, which I guess it makes sense, right? Because the yep. wood's physically in there. So yep. as it's degra- not degrading over time, but it is giving well, a different flavor. And it's, it's honestly, I can smell the sweet of the smoke. Of of that of that yeah. uh, that toast and it, it's the color is nice too yeah oh yeah beautiful nice. yeah all right I'm not gonna lie I'm having issues smelling anything I'm cold as crap oh tissue I'm cold who knows it'll open you up you yeah sniff maybe let's warm me up and then I'll be like oh yeah yeah I smell it now <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I'm, but yeah I, I am definitely with, with the with the the flavors as far as the smell even just that the, the sweetness of the oak is definitely coming through. But then also that vanilla is is very pungent on the nose for me. I just tasted mine, but I want to get you guys' thoughts because I got it. So I've had I've had Oak and Eden before, mm-hmm. but not the toasted barrel. It's almost it, I, I I just want to smell it. It almost smells like a, a toasted marshmallow. Mm-hmm. Like legitimately, that's what I'm. That yeah, I'll have more. <laughs> wow. I'm getting a lot of leather, and again, it might be my my palate today. Um, no, I, I see, I see where you're, you're getting that from for sure. 
And what's um another bourbon term when you chew it? Or the Chattanooga chew or the Charleston <laughs> chew or what what is it? You're supposed to chew it, right? You yep. let the bourbon hit the back of your of your mouth and you kind of chew it so it could get a little air sure. in there and that this is the first time but I'm that I'm feeling it on the front of my tongue and not the back of my tongue. Yeah. That absolutely. And yeah. especially coming from that high rye mash last week, you can I can definitely tell the difference in the smoothness oh, yeah. of of the of the uh the grain. Yeah, it kind of just melts. Mm-hmm. You know, but I like it because the aftertaste is there and it's kind of that Lingers. It's just oak aftertaste. Yeah, yeah. But it does linger. Like it doesn't I disappear. Can't get over the smell. Yeah. I can't smell crap. <laughs> sorry, Thanks, man. Yeah. I'm sorry, but 100. This is. I I'm not gonna lie to you. The second I saw the oak ring or the oak stick yeah. in there, I was like, oh, what a ploy. Good for you. Yeah. So far, yeah, yeah it does. It's, it, it, it makes it very difference. unique. Yes. Yeah. 100. Like it's almost like it's it's weird, right? Because they're aged barrels, mm-hmm. but it's almost like a fresh barrel. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Like 100. I'm, well, get, I'm getting a lot of like. I want to say sour, but okay. it, it might be the like wood piney. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what it kind of reminds me of? Have you guys done barrel tastings like directly out of a, no. of a barrel with the forge? Missed it. I, we we did it here, and I yeah. missed it. So if you do that, it's the same sensation because it's it's so soon after interacting with the wood that it's like this. It's like a pine fresh yeah complexity that you get. It just it, I don't this this is a me thing. It tastes fresh. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a weird way to describe whiskey. No, no, absolutely. It tastes fresh. Have you guys ever? Have you ever opened like a uh, like a fresh cigar box or maybe yes, like a fresh wooden box? Mm-hmm. That 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 init that sweetness of the wood is is exactly not only what I'm smelling but what I'm tasting. So that fresh flavor uh, smell mm-hmm. on on a good cigar for me. Yes. Horse manure. Yeah. It's kind weird. of it's kind of it's kind of farmy, mm-hmm. and that's that's really good. When I have a cigar and it smells like. Right, horse well, manure. Hold on. Wait a second. Wait. A second. Oh man. Wait. A nice, wait. Wait. A a nice Nicaraguan wrap. Hold on. This mm-hmm. would be. I just. Okay. I get. I get the farm scent. Farmyard. Mm-hmm. I. I get that. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how horse manure is a positive thing. Hey, just like one rubber hose, all those weird things. It's just. It's just a. It's a no. Yeah, but like thing. rubber hose is fine. It's not excrement. <laughs> Okay, the horses, uh, the horse crap without the really crappy smell. You know that yeah, that yeah. Er- earthy just, grass. Exactly. It's it's more pungent, more putrid. Dirt. It's been. I'm never gonna look at cigars the same. <laughs> you bring me a cigar that smells like barnyardy. I'm like, mm-hmm, that's a good one. I get barnyardy. That's fine. I just the horse. What is it that you smell at the barnyard? It's, I don't know. It's just usually, like, just you like smell the animals shit. and the grass and from <laughs> corn <laughs> and a wooden barn. <laughs> But you singled out the horse manure as as the That's the first thing that comes to my mind. I don't know. I'm just a weird one today. I'm 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 a mess. I'm old. Usually I'm like, yeah, I'm not this morning. Hey, somebody for my birthday give me a horse manure cigar. Done. I'll get you a good cigar. I know. I know a a good a a few good ones. It doesn't smell like I'm stepping in just a pile of horse shit. I'm gonna be very disappointed. Yes. I'll get you a good, and it's usually the Maduros yes. that are like really strong. The Maduros are really good. I think this would go really well with a Maduro, a hundred percent. I mean, so initial thoughts, I love it. Oh yeah, it's 100%. good. I, I I think I could sip on this. Mm-hmm. And again, we go back to the rocks portion, right? Yep. The whole purpose of putting an ice cube into a glass of bourbon like this is to open up the flavor profile. Mm-hmm. Now, the mistake people make is if the flavor profile itself is not complex enough. It just goes from an eh to just water down yes. brown liquid. Right? 
like like so, last week's week. Yes. So that's where like there's that 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 uh, you know I guess it's two two sides of the same coin. People that like bourbon neat and people that will purposely drink it with either a splash of water or on a rock because it opens up that flavor profile a little bit. And I think what you were talking about earlier when you talked about that fresh, uh-huh. I think that's what it is, is this tastes like there's already, yes. it's already open. Go, go to your local distillery. Mm-hmm. Stranahan's does this. Yes. When you do the tour, they, is, at uh, the end, Laws. At, at the end, you sit down, you drink some neat, they put it in Glencairn, you drink some neat, and then they give you a water bottle with a little hole, and then they splash some water in there, swirl it around, let it open up, and then you taste it and it tastes different. Hey, here's an idea, and for you guys out there watching, uh, would you guys like it if we did a podcast at a Stranahan's Distillery yeah. or at AD Laws, mm-hmm. local here in Dallas? Um, um, my High Spirits, spirits. they've invited and, us and over. Maybe do a podcast around a whiskey tasting yeah. in an actual distillery. Yeah, they have a, a rick house over so, at Mile High that they said yeah. we, we can come yeah. in and if do That's it. something you guys want to see. And then that's something that, be, that you could come... Yeah. And watch Absolutely. live. Yeah. Watch Absolutely. us do the the show live and in the Rick House, and we'll bring people in. Sure, yeah. man, I'm already stuttering. It's cold in here. I will <laughs> say that for the topic that we have today, I'm glad that this is the bourbon that we're sipping on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you enjoy drinking it. Yes, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one is. There's only been two that I was like, <laughs> very true. Listen, part of the reason we exist is to piss people off. Yes, you know what. Uh, I was on a panel this week, and uh, yeah, let's with, give it up for Oscar. He was on a top producer panel. No way, mm-hmm. and and I was up there with some pretty high producing agents, and um, I think that the the number one commonality that we had was, and we were in a group of of other real estate yeah. agents, right? Um, that, that the attendees were real estate agents, and I think at one point or another, we all said we hated agents, yeah. mm-hmm. and Matt was like. Do you feel the love in the room? And it's like, no, I don't hate you. I love I love everybody, right? But it was uh, the, the reason for me getting into this business is because there's a lot of agents I don't I don't really care for or get in line with. Just, and and if you don't as a general public know that that's a that's a common theme and that's what we're here for. Well, I, was, I just went the wise did, of it, right? I just went and did filed my taxes and I was sitting talking with the gentleman doing my taxes and he you know, I I had used him and then my girlfriend I had referred her to him and we were sitting there talking and he goes, Hey hey Charlie, so uh you know, how, how's the real estate stuff going? I started talking to him and he goes, look, man, I, I'm sorry. I actually just bought, but I, I got to tell you, it was just, it was a horrible experience. And I was like, please tell me more. And that, that instance right there, that sentence, that is why good real estate agents don't like other real estate agents. Because when you're trying to sift through all the bullshit that we've talked about yeah. in the past, unfortunately, it's the shiny ones, like Oscar just said, that stand out that people go with. And he told me straight up, Back I got my agent. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think my wife just went on Zillow and she asked a question, and this is the agent that they offered him. Guys, do not go with the first agent that is offered to you. Do not. interview some agents, and you know what? Usually online, a lot of agents pay for those ads. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad thing, and you can find some really good agents. No, but, but exposure costs money. Absolutely, yes, they do. And you guys, I was gone in Costa Rica slash Jurassic Park uh, two episodes ago, but episode twelve. If you guys want to go back and listen to these two gentlemen talk, they go through the way that you should interview an agent and, mm-hmm. and make sure that you're making the right decisions. And if you guys haven't seen it, make sure you go reference that and we'll pin it on the YouTube channel. But yeah, it's a great, great resource if you guys have questions. I hope this podcast shows who we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're, we're people. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've been doing this for a while and we want to provide 
I feel because I don't do a lot of marketing and I'm not exposed because 80% of my, my business is referral. Mm -hmm. It's my sphere. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's done well. And on that panel, we talked about the sphere and a lot of the agents up there are like, we don't like it because mm -hmm. family beat me up on price. Friends beat. No, I. Yeah. That's a, that's an agent. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a problem, right? Because my, my sphere knows my value and, mm -hmm. and I've had clients say, no, charge me what you charge me. Mm -hmm. You, you deserve it. You know, and 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 that Especially makes that me feel good. New logo, and that, that and that let me know what that logo. Well, and and with that being said, I mean, I think that's a that wonderful tie-in to one, to our first uh, big real estate myth. So what are we gonna What are we gonna? But, but before we go with that, the, the what, what I was saying with that is there's a shift, right? Of mm -hmm. of what the agent or the real estate agent looks like. The whole glamour shot, all that stuff is out the door. That mm -hmm. that's what I was going with the logo. Mm -hmm. um, I'm doing a disservice by not doing what I need to do to promote myself. Mm -hmm. And gentlemen here, these two do a great job and I'm learning from them. From a real estate standpoint, I could do it from in my sleep, but from a marketing standpoint, mm -hmm. these two gentlemen know what they're doing. And I, I, I hate talking about myself, although I'm talking myself now, um, but I'm doing a disservice to the general public because I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I don't want the crappy agent doing the job yeah, make it screws it up for us yeah. and the and and the yeah. consumer and this shows for you it's right. for the consumer yeah. Yeah. well and 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 like i was going to say before is one of the biggest reasons that people don't want to go with real estate agents is because oh i'm going to save money if i don't have an agent right so what does that lead to for sale by owner and this is this is the the myth that i that i brought up for today's episode specifically because i want to talk about the net, the, the, the real reason why for sale by owner is, is a lot of the time going to be worse for you. It's, it's going to lose you money. And because we've hammered so hard on get the right real estate agent, I don't even want to go down that route in, in a way because, yeah, we can talk about how they market. We can talk about how they, how they uh, talk about your property, talk about all that. But what I know that you guys want to hear about is your pocket because the number one reason why people do for sale by owners is because they believe they're going to save money. So uh, I know I, I was talking to Jameson before this, and, and since he's the stack guy, uh, I even cut to him, and I bet you right now, yep, he's on his laptop. <laughs> no, baby. Stat <laughs> man. Stats. Well, okay. and, and let me hit you with something. Can you sell real estate without an, a real estate agent? Absolutely. 100% yes. mm -hmm. you can. You know what else you can do? Is go to court without an attorney. Yep. 100%. Will you? Yes. I was looking for a good analogy for it. But. That was great. The, what's the, what's the cliche? Um, he who represents himself is, has a fool for a client. Isn't isn't that how it goes? So we do know the ins and outs. We're going to save you from a lawsuit. We're gonna we're we're gonna try to get you. Your best interest is our fiduciary responsibility to you. Is our your best interest is our best interest. Well, and not so if that. you want to make money, then we'll tell you the strategy we're going to do yeah. to get you top dollar. Mm -hmm. Is it time, money, a convenience? We're going to go through those things. Well, and not only that, it's like Jameson said on last week's episode, that that contract to buy is 90, 92 pages. And most of that is all the information that we learn going through real estate school to, to learn what's in that contract. Well, the, the whole package is yeah. about that many mm -hmm. pages. When I first started in the industry, our contracts to buy and sell, mm -hmm. I believe six pages. Hey, so real quick, I just to make this controversial, uh, the real estate exam itself is comically easy. Mm -hmm. And I've said this from 
when I started, the barrier to entry to being an agent is way too low, mm-hmm. right? It is. And I, I say that as an agent with you know two years of experience, I've done 25 deals in the last 24 months, uh, anywhere from 300,000 to 1.8 million. And I've worked with a lot of clients, a lot of success, but the barrier is low, mm-hmm. right? And there's people that have time in the industry and then there's people that have experience in the industry. Yes. And I think that's a very big, yes, to different, huge, right? You could, you, be doing time. real estate for 30 years, time but if you do one transaction a right. year, time in the industry, good question, good question to ask your agent, yes. how many deals do you do a year? Because if they've been in the industry for 20 yes. years, they do one deal a year. They're not relevant on what's going on in the industry or the market now. Yes. So uh, huge. Tying into what, what Charlie's doing. Yes. And, and that's what I said. I, I don't want right. to beat, beat on the real it's estate thing, but. The reason it's important is because if you look at the statistics, mm-hmm. uh, we should have like a stat corner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, to so you. Here's, here's the top reasons that people decide to go for sale by owner or to make it easy for you guys, the rest of the podcast, FISBO. Mm-hmm. That's what we call it, for sale by owner. Number one is to save money. It's about 61%. Uh, to save time is 37%. Confident you could sell without an agent, 36%. Already know a potential buyer, 32%, which ties into time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because on average, FSBOs can sell faster than a traditional listing, most likely because the FSBOs, FISBOs, know a buyer. Uh, and then you have, I knew my home better than any agent could, which is hilarious. Yes. We talked about that on a previous episode. But, and that, uh, that, that's, that's a big, mm, yep. because you think your house is this right. huge Flipped mansion. It. Mm-hmm. It's always yes. good to get a third party or a, a, a separate pair of eyes on your house. And here's the other one that we just touched on. Negative experience with a previous agent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So a couple things to break down. We'll go through the to save money part, yeah. right? Because I think time and money are two are, are mutually inclusive. Absolutely, like one hundred percent. If you look at the negative experience with an agent, that's again going back to the episode we did about making sure you vet what we do. So if we break it down, and we take all the first one, I'm going to save money. That's why I want to sell my home as a for sale by owner. Okay. Yeah. So here's the, the statistic mm-hmm. of why that may or may not make sense. And pay attention to these and Pay notes. attention. So on average, a for sale by owner home sells, and this is nationwide, right? So I know people are going to come at me, Colorado's average price isn't even closest. Shut up. doesn't matter. It's not the point. <laughs> the point is, on average, throughout the United States, a for sale by owner house will sell for about $217,000, okay? A house listed by an agent will sell for about $295,000, Whoa, what were those okay. numbers again? Yeah, 214000 to 295000 mm. So if you want to break down the mm. percentage, and again, depending on who's doing the survey, it's going to it's going to change. Anywhere from a 6% to a 25%, up to, up to 30% in some markets, difference between mm-hmm. for sale by owner, purchase price, or sold price, versus something listed by an agent. Yep. Okay? The reason that's important is because right now in Colorado, right, and there's other states and counties and whatever, the average listing commission on a house is about five and a half percent. Okay, you will if you sell your house with an agent, you're going to spend five and a half percent. Okay, well if I'm losing six percent, or actually, you know what? Let's just do worst case scenario. Let's see the difference is on the low end. I I make five and a half percent less mm-hmm. if I sell my house by myself versus with an agent, and the difference is made up of well, I could take that five percent and pay an agent. Now it's same same. 
right? And that the exact same amount of money. Well, which then ties into the... And it turns into the time. Exactly. And it turns into the energy. Mm-hmm. And it turns into the phone calls and writing a contract. Headaches. And doing a schedule. The headaches. And being there for an inspection and negotiating inspection items. And talking to lawyers. an appraiser and talking to lawyers and doing all these different things. Mm-hmm. If it's net for net equal, why, for the love of God, would you do it yourself? Now, and let me ask you this. Because of a shitty agent, totally understand yeah. that your agent. On top of that, I don't know if you have that there. Probably. What is the percentage of the time on market for a FISBO? Right. So percent time on market for a FISBO on average is about two weeks less on market than a traditionally listed uh, okay. property. But that is because of the FISBOs for sale by owners. Again, for no, but that, that doesn't have a buyer already. That doesn't have a, right. That's what I'm saying. So 52% of for sale by owners have a buyer in mind. If they don't have a buyer in mind, their marketing is not going to reach the marketing that we have, right? We have we have the MLS and all our marketing budget and whatever we do. Hey, so, ask you a quick question: How much does it take? What does it cost to put a house on the MLS if you're not a realtor? You know, uh, it's about thousand bucks. If just to list it on the MLS to reach that, that audience, right? Thousand bucks. On top of that, let's say that your house sits because you you have a for sale by owner sign and that's all you're you're depending on. It sits there for six months. Let, let, let's call it six months. Mm-hmm. What is your mortgage? Calculate that every month. Mm-hmm. If it's $1,500, at the end of the day, you could have paid that agent, got it sold in two, three months because they would have done a market analysis. So you just pay to the agent. You reduce your stress level mm-hmm. if you get a good agent. Where's the savings? Yep. What, what, is your peace of mind worth more than X amount of dollars? Mm-hmm. And or we're going to get you the most money if that's if they come to me and it's like money that's it okay this is what's going to happen we 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 put together a game plan and we roll with it there's a statistic for what you just talked about too so of the for sale by owners and all of them in totality 25% fail to sell their house and then do you know what they do end up real um, they end up in real estate now you've just taken 4 to 6 months of your lifetime energy and put it into something that and you lost anyway. you lost money mm-hmm. and time mm-hmm. oscar on a uh, on a busy listing okay so you list for two weeks on average if you're averaging i don't know two one to two showings a day how many phone calls are you taking in that week or making 10 to 12 phone calls right 10 easily phone calls. last year Oh, I, you know what? I wouldn't make all the phone calls. I'd make the higher end phone calls. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that they came and saw it twice. What about showings? Show- How do you make showings? Right. I mean, we have Showtime. Um, we have broker a ton of bo- broker bay and then some have receptionists, all that stuff. We take all that stress off of you. If I'm a for sale by owner, how do I get You're going to get all the phone calls. You're going to get all the weirdos. You're going to get the looky loose. We eliminate the Craigslist people. How much is the price? Because we only take the phone calls from serious agents that have serious buyers. And then we do. We, we vet lenders. We yeah. vet lenders. Well, and then on top of well, that. Do, does the general public know what to ask the lenders? Right. Well, and then on top of that, too, one of my favorite things around for sale by owners is they go for sale by owner. And then they get phone calls from probably 100 real estate agents in a week. Oh, absolutely. And they're angry about it. And I get that. You want to sell your home and, and you don't want to be bothered. And I understand all that. But, again, there's a reason that that they're calling because they see potential in your property and they know that they can make a better deal probably than you can. And again, that's negating the, the outliers here, the, the one, the 2% of people who 
do really put the work in because I know you're out there. I know that you do this and, and I'm not taking it away from you. And that is phenomenal. But again, that is a small amount of people that are actually knowledgeable to the level that they need to be in order to capitalize on their sale or purchase. If anything, let's take that headache away from you. Exactly. And and, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, what's what's the monetary value on that? Yep. I, I can Google, you know, if something's wrong with me, mm-hmm. but you know what? I want to go see a doctor. Exactly. I, I can I can go stick my, my hand around an electric socket, yeah. but I'm going to tell I'm going to call an electrician. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One, because I may know what to do and I may do it right, mm-hmm. but what if I don't? That's a hazard. Mm-hmm. My house is going to burn down. Mm-hmm. My kids are in there. I don't want that. Yep. I'm not saying that if you don't go real estate agent, your house will burn <laughs> down. Maybe that was a little extreme, but maybe it will. So here's another statistic, and this is more from a psychological standpoint, mm-hmm. because, and I think this ties in. We said initially 61% of FISBOs for sale by owners yep. do that because they want to save money, mm-hmm. which means they're going to save money and they think they can make as much as they possibly can from their house, right? Yep. Here's a statistic that I don't think people understand the importance of. 73% of buyers in the United States think either themselves or their agent can out-negotiate a FISBO seller. Hmm. That is hugely important because Mm -hmm. what you are doing essentially is as soon as I put it for sale by owner, you are inviting bullshit, lowball offers Initially, then you're inviting getting beat up on inspection items. You're inviting getting beat up on appraisal value. All mm-hmm. these different things that you are now going against a skilled negotiation expert mm-hmm. and a buyer who is confident in said agent or even themselves mm-hmm. to say, I can get a better deal with a for sale by owner. So not only are you losing money just based off the fact that you're not marketing the house widely enough. Now you're losing money because you're going against people that are skilled and trained in negotiation and the ins and outs of contracts, like Oscar said, right? Yep. Are there s- scenarios where a for sale by owner makes sense? Yeah. If I have my neighbor Joe mm-hmm. and has told me, I'm going to give you X amount for this house. As soon as you put it for sale by owner, I'm going to write an offer. We're going to be in, off the market and closed in a week and a half. And I got to move on my life. By all means, go for it. What I will tell you guys is if you do that, consult an attorney, make sure they look over the contracts because yep. we can't help you. And understand that any legal actions outside of that, you guys are on the hook for, right? You're so good. there are there are scenarios that for sale by owner makes sense. But by and large, mm-hmm. if we take the number one complaint about an agent is, well, I want to save money. The statistics are even at the low end, a five and a half percent difference is a net net zero between a seller using an agent or not. Mm-hmm. The time and energy involved tips those scams. The headaches. If you go the high end at 26, 27% yep. difference, the six or five and a half percent commission, you're still making mm-hmm. 20% more than you would if you were to sell versus. And so that's not to mention the the network that you get with yes. the agent. As yeah. soon as you that for sale by owner hits the yard, the sign, and or the internet, mm-hmm. you are inviting the biggest predatory, harshest, most aggressive negotiator in the industry I to would, call you. I you know who that is? The investors. I would do it. Investor will- if I'm looking eat, to invest, I'll go for- The investor will 100%. eat you alive yep. because he doesn't give a crap. No, it's He's money. looking at money, mm-hmm. dollar signs, and numbers. That's it. Yeah. He doesn't give a crap about the house oh, and by the you way, or so, your emotional so process. question earlier, Oscar, when you said time on market, right? For the ones that have a buyer, it's less than a traditional list, listing, okay? But if they don't have a buyer in mind, it's twice as long. Yep. Where's well, the savings? And, and where's the savings? And honestly, guys, 
I understand this is a sore topic, so please challenge us. Let us know in the comments. Give us give us your concerns. Give us your grievances because I we want to answer that question. We want to help you understand why there's more benefit. Starting wholesalers. That's a whole other. Episode. Yeah, no, no, no. investors. Yeah. Right. We're gonna, but I mean, for the sake of time, because we have a list of of these fine. of these you guys yeah <laughs> of of these that we these uh myths that we want to go through. Um, and this this next one is another big one that a lot of people and I've touched on it in the past in episodes. Um, is you need 20% down to buy a home. Isn't that right, Jameson? Isn't that right, Oscar? Uh, you know what? On average, the buyers that I work with, 20% is few and far between. Mm-hmm. On average, it's it goes with what, what lending product they go with. Mm-hmm. Conventional, 5%. FHA, 3.5%. VA, 100%. Mm-hmm. USDA, 100%. So for zero percent, and you know, and 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 zero percent mm-hmm. with down payment assistance FHA at zero percent. We were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Leverage your money. Mm-hmm. Leverage your money. How long are you going to stay in the property? Are you going to say, "Is this your forever home?" Okay, twenty percent. You you yep. just transfer over your equity. Call it good. Mm-hmm. If my clients have more than twenty percent, I tell them stop. Yep. Do not. Unless it makes sense, unless you're like, I don't care where it is. I wanted to, I want to keep my payment as low as possible. I want to transfer all my equity if it's more than 20%. 20% is a sweet spot because you don't have mortgage insurance and you save money. Mm-hmm. But how long is it going to take for you to save $20,000 by saving $100 a month? Calculate that. Well, and that's, and that's actually, how I present it to my well, clients. Yes, and that's Leverage your money. Gonna, what I was going to lead off to Jameson, because Jameson, you were talking about that before the show is, over that time, people don't think about 17, 20 years. Yeah. So the, the and again, I'll, I I run into this probably more with like first time home buyers, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is fair, right? You guys haven't gone through the process, maybe even talked to the right people, or we get the old adage of, well, my parents bought at twenty percent. Yeah, but your parents also told you to go to college and you get a hundred thousand. There's a lot of things that we're changing, right? And they walked. <laughs> Uphill both ways to in the, in the snow in the snow, right? Cold outside. So I, I get me, it. It's I, and I I find physics. I agree a full hundred percent with Oscar. Right? It depends on how long you're gonna be in the house because people underestimate. If I put, let's say, I buy a what's the average home price in Colorado right now? Probably six hundred thousand, right? Give or take eighty to six hundred. Whatever. Twenty percent is one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Okay. If I put one hundred and twenty thousand dollars down on a $600,000 house. Realistically, you're saving, and I can do the math, I don't have it in front of me, you guys can do the calculator, but essentially $6 for every $1,000 financed, mm-hmm. roughly, okay? Six to 10 bucks. Whatever that is, okay? So if I decrease my loan by 120,000, right? Mm-hmm. That's what, 120 times six, whatever that is, $600 a month. Seven hundred, maybe six hundred dollars a month. Seven, seven forty. And and understand, you could allocate that money into a bank account and and subsidize your payment if you need to do but that. The point is, and you'll still save. How many months does it take to save? Call it five hundred dollars a month. Yeah. To make up the difference of a hundred and twenty thousand dollars out of your pocket. Yeah. Well, and and I think ultimately the biggest thing, the biggest thing to you know that that ties this all in when it comes to the twenty percent. What Oscar was talking about earlier with some some uh, lenders and some options have you do you know, 5% down or whatever. The whole reason that this 20% thing is a myth is because people think that unless they have 20%, they will not get into it. Yes, and that's what I was going to say. The general public, how long is it going to take you to save up $120,000? Yes. You don't have to. Mm -hmm. You could still make homeownership 
happen yeah. with a thousand dollars. Yeah, and and, and, and and again, interest rates go up. Yeah, you know what goes up? Rents go up. Yeah, why not make it yours? Well, and not only that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, you don't have to do twenty percent. Obviously, just like just like if you're buying a car, the more money you put down, yes, the better it's going to be long term. But the whole point of the of the twenty percent down conversation, saving money, all of that is, would you rather do five percent, three percent? zero percent down with the VA and be in an asset where you're actually earning money and you're making money versus saving and and continually trying to save while interest rates are going up while your rent's going up and yes granted in some areas it is still more viable to save for the year than to just go ahead and put put the down payment down great great segue to that if you want to get crazy I could tell you how to allocate your money and make it into investment now you're buying a property mm -hmm. that's your own and then you have some saved over it let's get to get you investment property yep. again, I mean there's a lot of stuff leverage, to do with your money sorry, leverage your let's, cash let's do some hard math okay. we'll do it. very simple we're gonna take the same example do I need to bust Six, out my hard calculator on my phone <laughs> $600,000 house 20% down is $120,000 yep. okay so let's say for argument's sake you have $120,000 yep right if I put 120 down, mm -hmm. it's going to save me about, and again, this is, it's scenario specific because yes. sometimes if, if, if I put that money down, it saves me 700 bucks a month, that gets me qualified. Obviously, that's a different story, right? Talk to your lender. Always talk to your lender. Talk to your lender. Talk to your lender. Talk Make to your sure lender. it makes sense. Mm -hmm. However, case by case, let's say mm -hmm. you can afford a $700 swing. Because you can either put 20% down or you can put 10% down, mm -hmm. right? And that swing in monthly payments is about $350 a month. Yep. Okay? So if I put 20% down, I'm going to save 700 bucks. Mm -hmm. Okay? Versus 10% down, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save 350 Yep. The amount of time it's going to take me for that extra 350 to make sense for putting $60,000 extra dollars down mm -hmm. is almost nine years. Yep. Are you planning on being in your house for nine years? If the answer is no... Mm -hmm then it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And you take that a step further and you go, okay, I've got 120 grand. If I put $60,000 down on the house, mm -hmm. then I take the other 60 and I buy a $300,000 condo. Well, wait a second, wait a second. You're talking about leverage again? With 20% down. Mm -hmm. And then I rent said condo <laughs> out and I don't count it against my debt mm -hmm. to income because the lender goes, hey, by the way, you have a executed lease. We're not going to count it up to 75%. Mm -hmm. Now I've got a house I can live in that which I can- Which is an asset. Which is an asset. Mm -hmm. I've got a condo that I own that I'm renting out, which is not only an asset, but is cash flowing. Yep. And then you can start to build it there. Well, and, and the thing that I want to point out is as somebody who came from, and I, you know, I call it the hippie mindset, but as somebody who did come from the understanding of like, oh, assets are, are dangerous or, or credit's dangerous, all this kind of stuff, please, please, please for your future- Cut through the noise, take the time to sit down and talk with a financial expert or ev even if it's just a lender and learn yeah. because you don't understand the leverage we have here yes. in the United States. Yes. Not exactly. all countries do this, but take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, and that for me, I'll tell you, in debt all honesty, good. in all yes, honesty, you know how to utilize a debt. Is the, the, the thing that snapped me out of it. Yeah. There's a documentary on, on Netflix that talks mm -hmm. about uh, Donald Trump and, and was it Jared Kushner, mm -hmm. his son, his son-in-law. And Ashton Kutcher, Jared Kushner, one, you know, if it, well, one of the Kushners. But I, I, I remember I was watching it and it was basically talking about how Jared Kushner, Donald Trump, all these real estate moguls, how they've gone around and used these loopholes and, and used these laws. How many times has Donald Trump filed bankruptcy? Yeah. And, and, but again, it's, I had no idea that I thought, oh, you're filing, your life's over, you're filed bankruptcy. Yeah. 
But watching this, I'm sitting here and I'm going, wait a second, wait a second. These people are legitimately just trying to get rich. What if somebody was there to help the consumer understand this? Knowing debt wisely can make you money. Absolutely. How many people, on the flip side of that, how many people do you know have paid off their mortgage? Very little. Very little. Or, or their house. Or their house. Yeah. yeah. Did they acquire wealth in the, in the process? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yes. If you leverage debt right, you're always going to have some kind of debt. I mean, to be completely debt-free, few and far between, people do it. Yes. But if you know how to leverage yep. mm-hmm. debt, the banking system, you can make your own money. 100%. Well, and not to mention, especially even now, pay attention to what infl- inflation rates are doing. You see all the memes where it's like, oh, I finally got to middle class and then inflation happened. That's legitimately what it is. If And take a, I, do, I did it for years. If you have money in the bank, and we've talked about it before, you're making a minimal amount. So yes, it's a risk. And guys- you can ask anybody in my life. You can ask Jameson. You can ask. I'm terrified of money. Like I, I, I stopped myself from buying a Reese bar yeah, at a I gas station. Bill at him yesterday. He ran away. <laughs> like I, I don't. What's your relationship with money? That's a that's you a know? thing. Well, and, and I don't. T. Harbecker, right? Great millionaire mindset. He mm-hmm. talks about that. Yep. What's but your relationship I, with money. That's really my for me. That that's the biggest point I want to drive home is when it comes to twenty percent down. Just, just do the do the research, educate yourself, and understand that while twenty percent down could be one of the top options, if your goal is to is to you know buy a house, start a family, get an asset, it is doable without twenty percent down. My my buyer's consultation. I used to be a lender. I started in, the, in this industry as a lender. Mm-hmm. It will go through the difference of if you have this much money, mm-hmm. what can you do with that on top of just buying exactly. the house? I just I just have to have that conversation. Yep. Now on the flip side, on the listing side, I do that as well. I'm not gonna sit here, if you're gonna buy with me, I'm not gonna sit here, even if you're not, I'm gonna list your house and call it. Yep. No, I am going to let you know you have an asset here. Have you thought about maybe pulling a second or a HELOC and or refinancing, pulling that money and then buying your next home? Yeah, and I think that's a, I, I, there, there's a couple things, right? So. I think that we could probably do, honestly, you. an entire episode on leveraging debt, right? Yes. The point of this conversation is to make you guys realize that 20% is an old adage. Yes. Yes. That is not necessary anymore. Um, like I said. And it's also a lot harder to do now. I've got, 20, I've got 24 deals under my belt, mm-hmm. okay? Just over the last 24 months. Of those, two have put down 20% or more. That's yep. literally it, right? Yep. Just two. Um, and and of those, they were all over $1.2 to $1.8 million, which mm-hmm. you get into jumbo and so on and so forth, yep. right? So at the end of the day, is it necessary? No. Is it easy to buy a house with under 20%? Yes. I just did a video yesterday that showed that one of the things around, when you do go into 20%, you mm-hmm. need private mortgage insurance. Yep. Heads their bet. You're, a, you're, you're considered a high-risk borrower because you have less than 20% down. Federal government just came in and said, if it's an FHA loan mm-hmm. under twenty percent, they are going to decrease the cost of that mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. So now it just actually became easier yeah. to buy a house with three and a half percent down, or ten percent down, or five and a half percent down, because now for every hundred thousand dollars you borrow, you're getting a twenty-five dollar a month discount. Yep. So on a four hundred thousand dollar loan, mm-hmm. you're saving a hundred bucks a month by not putting twenty percent down. Yeah. Bottom line, you don't need twenty thousand or twenty percent. To purchase a home, yep. I've seen some crazy situations 
where I was like, ah, they're not going to be able to buy. And they bought. Yes. Don't be afraid. There are possibilities. Remember. Sit down with your agent. Sit down with a lender. You can make you yeah. can make home ownership possible when you think I can't. Yeah. And we will figure a way. And we will beat it until we find out or put you on a plan mm-hmm. in six months. Let's revisit and see where we are. Yep. Now, again, these first two topics were, were heavy. And honestly, each one probably deserves its own episode. But I'm going to be real with you guys. I don't think that we're getting through five today. Okay. So well, well, that takes way into the next one. Well, First yeah. time home buyers. Well, it depends on what the next That's one. what I was going to say. Well, now, we have to, now we have to choose out of the three we got left. Well, and, and this can be quick. This one okay. can be okay. quick. Go for it. So home ownership. So. Okay. First time home buyers, right? You can get into a home. With that said, we don't have a special inventory for on the real estate side. For first-time home buyers, uh, is that house? How can I get a deal? Is there a special inventory? Is there something special on the real estate side? No, it's on the lending side. Yes, there are some specific homes mm-hmm. that have been deemed by the state low-income properties. Which, yes, those properties you have to qualify for, mm-hmm. and it's hard. Their their parameters are like this: yep. you have to fit in this box, or you're not getting that house. So, in the same neighborhood, you can have a five hundred thousand dollar house. Mm-hmm. But if it's if if it, if it's been placed in a low income threshold, mm-hmm. it might only be able to be marketed at two fifty to three hundred. Yep. Because and when you go into low income housing, mm-hmm. it's not all low income housing. It's a low income program. There are stipulations when you buy that property. Say you fit in this box. Yep. You acquire the property. Now you could only sell your your property can only go up in value twenty five percent of what that's the current a, market. Yeah. That's on the high end. Yeah. On top of that, I, if you're going like three percent a year, if you're going yep. into condos and townhomes, yeah. there's a certain programs that will sell you a super awesome condo or townhome, mm-hmm. and they'll tell you, you know what, you'll buy it, but it's not 100 percent yours because the organization that put it together owns the property, and they're going to give you a hundred dollar lease fee mm-hmm. for the entirety of the time you live there. So it's not yours 100%. And so just just so we just so we have it clarified, the the myth that we're that we're talking about right now is that as a first-time home buyer, there are certain properties that are made for first-time home buyers. No. That is not yeah. that's is not the case. There is some exceptions, mm-hmm. but understand that in the realm of real estate, it's consumer to consumer. It's not typically industry and then there's consumer like let's call it a a car lot, right? It's not. It's consumer to consumer, and we're just facilitating the process. Yeah. The right? differentiator is this. You have first-time homebuyer programs for the amount of money you need to borrow. They're not first-time homebuyer houses that you can purchase at a discounted price unless you fall into very specific income-restricted. And, it, and it's county or state. Some big organizations that are going to have those, and they're, they're, there's not a whole lot. And they're very, very, very hard. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to make $35,000 yeah. um, a year, have it's one child. On, it's depending on the number of people in the house. Yes, it could go up to six people, and it's 35000 for just yourself, maybe 36000 or 39000 with with a child, 45000 with three. At that point, if you're making 45000 you have three kids, it's going to be hard because I, what are you spending your money honestly, on? And, and on top of that, what is the biggest factor with with all of that is debt. I think you have I, to have zero debt, and that's tough. I think that we need to dedicate an entire episode to low-income housing. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yep. And, and so there, there is no 
house that, you know, that's a special house. Mm-hmm. Unless it's part of a, a of a government issued or a big organization issued home or housing project, mm-hmm. and it's not going to benefit you. I try to detour people from that. There one, was one occasion, and then this may be segue to the next one, Ooh. which is real estate agents make a whole lot of money. I don't know if oh, we're yeah. not. Let's talk about that one. But this certain individual filled my cup. I helped her for about a year. I put her into one of these programs, and this one fit for her. Yep. And it was all, it was 100% hers. Mm-hmm. She can't appreciate more than 25%. But outside of that, it, it was perfect for her. Yep. And I, and I helped her out for a whole year, um, probably a little bit over a year. And I think I made two grand on the deal. And so and for, a, for a first time home buyer, focus on the programs you qualify for, not the house. On the lending side. It. Yes. It's, it's on the lending side more than anything, yep. not on the and real estate side. Like Oscar said, one of the biggest myths around real estate is that real estate agents make a lot of money or too much money. we're millionaires too much money yeah. you know what there is if you're good at your job mm-hmm. you're 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 going to be it's it's a very lucrative business if if you're good at your job and you're helping the consumer mm-hmm. it's 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 a it's a way of living so so let me and we've talked about this before but let, let me go ahead and just kind of create this scene for you when it comes to real estate agents that make a lot of money right and you would say real estate agents that quote unquote make a lot of money or make too much money they're probably doing what, 15 to 20, 20 deals a year plus, yep. right? A, a, a real estate agent that's, that's wealthy, that's making mm-hmm. a lot of money is doing 50 plus. 50, exactly. 50 plus. Okay. So with that being said, we've talked about in the past that when it comes to real estate agents, 10% of all the real estate agents account for 90% of the total sales. Okay. So what that means now is that you have a full 90% of agents, right? All those agents that are not selling homes at that level. Statman, what's the average uh, amount of transactions that your average real estate agent does? In Colorado? In Colorado. It was less than four a year. Four a year. Mm-hmm. You and know, if on average an agent is making, let's call it 10 grand per transaction, that's $40,000. In the state of Colorado, that is not a livable income. Average no. income is fifty-seven. Yes. So yeah, the average the average income for a real estate agent in the United States forty-eight thousand dollars a year. Which yep. again, sorry, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing, I'm not doing it for the money for well, forty-eight thousand dollars. Here's the deal, right? And I think this is where people get confused, and this is why this is such a hot topic, because you look at it from two different lenses. I look at it if I'm a consumer from the singular agent that I employed to sell my house or to help me purchase a house, right? We get a whole other thing. If you're if you're a buyer, you don't really pay your real estate agent. I'm saying. Right. Yeah. You can't I mean, don't pay anything. If you do or you don't, I mean, it's, it's, it comes from a listing brokerage. Like dramatics. the seller is paying the, the commission. Both agents. Yeah. And they can adjust their price to cover some of that mm-hmm. and whatever it is. But anyway. Dare I say, it's another topic. Yes. New construction. Right. Those builders are paying us. Yeah. You're not saving a dime because they're, 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 it's already built into their budget. Yep. But the I think where the disconnect is, is if I use an agent to sell my house, let's say this agent does three deals a year. I sell my house. I go to closing. $700,000 house. I'm watching that agent walk away with a check mm-hmm. for 2.8%. Yep. Right? Which is... Let's call it 35, so it's got 17 grand. $20,000. Yep. 20, 20 grand. Okay. And I go, holy shit, they just made $20,000 by putting my house on the market, conducting open houses, talking to people on the phone, 
reviewing contracts. That's what the the that's what summary the overall summary yeah. is. I had what this conversation with a client. Right. So there's two things. There could be that agent that yes, only does it for family and friends, mm-hmm. and does it two to three times a year, and every single time they walk away with fifteen to twenty thousand dollars. Is that agent a good agent? Probably not. Did they leave money on the table for their client? Probably. Absolutely. Did they open themselves up for litigation, different things? Lawsuits. Potentially, right? Mm-hmm. But as a as a consumer, I just see that one person. Well, now if I say, hey, that same person only makes $42,000 a year, is the conversation different? Well, and honestly, you know what I mean? for me, it just comes down to it. Where Whenever I hear somebody say that, like, oh, I don't want to go with a real estate agent. They, they, you know, they just want to make the money off of me. It's like, okay, you go to work and you work for money. You get... That that's how we survive is money. I just want to look at somebody and be like, man, I just I just want more time. That that's the only reason why I'm a real estate agent. It I get to help people. I get to see excitement on their faces, and I genuinely just want more time. I've done the corporate thing. I, I've done that the hourly paycheck. And at the end of the day, I'd rather bust my ass for a client and make them happy and make sure that they are comfortable in the house that they're in, than work for this big corporation that at the end of the day doesn't give a shit about me. Yeah. Two things. One. That individual that I helped, if 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 you calculate the hours I worked yeah. helping her, mm-hmm. I made less than two dollars an hour mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yes. But at the end of the closing, she thanked me. We both cried in the parking lot. She was like, "Oscar, this is the first time that my son and my mother have a place to call our own, and, and we don't have to about. move or live with family." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Dude, I didn't want to cry, but I cried." Yep, and that made it. The world of difference for me. Now, exactly. is this my, my primary job? Yes. And that, 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 that takes me to another thing. It's that whole analogy that this big company, um, it, it, the power goes out. It shuts down. And then they're losing billions of dollars, whatever. They call the engineer right at, at the, the butt crack of dawn. And, and he, he comes over and he flips a switch. And he charges them $15,000. Yep. And they're like, holy crap, you just charged me $15,000. For an hour of your time, and he turns around and he says, "Look, hourly, I came out here, I flipped the switch. You're making money again. Yes, maybe that's a hundred to two hundred dollars that 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 I should have charged for this. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the money is knowing what switch to flip. Exactly, exactly. Right, and, and that's you're and that's paying what, for the expertise. You're, you're, you're paying for the knowledge. Yes, you're paying for the knowledge. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if you're going to hire an attorney, mm-hmm. you're going to go for the cheapest attorney." You're going to go one that's going to go in there like a shark yep. and tear it up and mm-hmm. is going to have your best interest. Yep. Real estate's the same thing. Exactly. You know, it, it cheap exactly. isn't always good, although I, I tend to give my, my listings a bit of a discount because, you know what, I've been doing this long enough. It's your money. I want you to keep a lot, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I've had clients come back to me and say, no, charge me what you need to charge me. They're going to do your job, right? Mm-hmm. Because, and then this, this takes me to another thing. I had this conversation with a client. Um, it was my client's wife, actually. He goes, I'm going to get into real estate. You're gonna, I calculate how much of your money you're going to make on the buy side. Yeah. I, they weren't even paying me. Yep. And I said, okay, let's sit down and talk really quick. Mm-hmm. You got to go get your license. Easy. And then out of the money that you make on your transaction, you're going to have to pay your firm. Mm-hmm. You're more than likely a fee, uh, a split or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you need to uh, allocate some money for gas, your real estate fees, the board fees, or MLS, all these bills that you have on top of your daily bills, mm-hmm. and then you're going to take out your own taxes, whatever tax bracket you're in. So that 20000 that we talked about earlier, let's take 25, 30, about 20% off for taxes. 
Now you're only making 15. Now, if you've been helping these people for three months, now divide it by three. And that's what they're going to make a month. And then uh, let's take out your dues, your fees, your gas, your time, and then calculate that. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, if you're a good agent, yes, you can make a whole lot of money. Mm -hmm. But if you just want to become an agent to make that dollar, it's not going to work for you. No. My business has always been around filling a need, and that's mm -hmm. helped me move forward as a real estate agent. Jameson, you're cooking up some numbers over here. I was just, so I had a client that I worked with for about 17 months. Mm -hmm. Okay. And in that 17 months, I averaged probably five to seven hours a week yep. on either researching, showing homes, phone calls, et cetera, right? Between him and the lender, whatever it is. After 17 months, we finally closed $325,000 townhome. I got him concessions. I ended up actually giving up $2,500 in my commission mm -hmm. to help close the deal, to close the gap because it was contentious. Um, and if I calculate all of those numbers out mm -hmm. based on time spent, now this does not include gas. This does not include wear and tear in a car. Mm -hmm. This does not include paying me to go show one of the locations while you're at it. Yep. Paying other agents to show mm -hmm. locations. This does not include health insurance costs. Yep. Okay. That's yes. If I calculated what I made, which 100% transparency on that deal, 7,600 bucks. Okay. Mm -hmm. Of that 7,600. I owed my brokerage a percentage, 10%. There it goes, $760. So I was at about 7,000 bucks. If I calculate what I made over that 16 months of working with this client, mm -hmm. first time home buyer, never owned before, had a roach infested apartment that he was desperate to get out of. Again, same story, cried at the closing yep. table, got money back because of the way I negotiated. He actually walked away with you know, 2,000 plus dollars mm -hmm. in a check to himself, right? I made about 12 bucks an hour. Yep. Okay. So again, it's all relative. Yes. And on the flip side, you can have an agent that sucks at their job mm -hmm. and walks with more money than they deserve. Absolutely. That's fine. Absolutely. At, at a certain point, that's on the consumer for choosing a shitty agent. 100%. I'm not mad at the consumer for being the best one. I'm not mad at the consumer for being mad at our industry. Yes. Because there is yes, 100%. a lot of crappy things going in in our mm -hmm. industry. There, It just is. Yep. And we're part of it. Again, I've talked about the whole, uh, we went to the, the Winter Winter Park Jazz Fest. Yeah. And I was sitting and I sparked up a conversation. I'm, I'm the introverted extrovert. We found mm -hmm. that out today. And um, I said I was a real estate agent. And the woman turned around and said, oh, you're, and, and at the time it was during the recession. She goes, you're an ambulance chaser. Ouch. Mm -hmm. I, Ouch. Well, that and, sucks. And you don't thing, know me. You don't know my business plan. Well, and, and you don't know what I've done. And that's one thing and that so I our do. industry has a lot of stigma on it. Well, that's one thing that I want because we're all being. It's hard, right? When I, when you have a worldwide platform, when you have an internet-based platform, obviously we're up in arms. And when you hear people being vulnerable in this way, talking about it, especially around such a topic of why do real estate agents make so much money, right? I, the one thing that I want to drill home is. This conversation that we're having right now is not to boast about ourselves. No. This conversation is is strictly to give you an inside perspective that you probably don't have otherwise. And where we're talking about, you know, transactions that we've had, where we're talking about our experiences, what we want, by no means are we sitting here looking for your attention. We don't have to be here. We don't have to sit here and talk about this. But like we said at the beginning of this episode... We want to give you information because we want to make sure that not only are you making the most money off of your sales mm -hmm. and off and, and saving the most on your buys, we just want you to have an insight to the industry so it eases your mind a little bit more 
when you think about real estate. Nor should you know these things. If your agent's telling you, well, I have to pay this and I have mm-hmm. to pay that, that's a problem. Yes. That's his or her problem. Mm-hmm. My job is to help you. That's all you have to worry about. Yes. But this conversation gives you a little bit of insight of our side of the deal. Mm-hmm. Not for, oh, woe is me or feel sorry for us. No, no, no. no. But know that there's more involved and we're not just trying to take advantage. The good agents aren't trying to take advantage of you, your situation, and your money. Mm-hmm. And again, challenge us on it. Two, two final thoughts. Yeah. Number one. Wait, are these like one rock takeaway no, thoughts? This is, okay, okay. This, specific topic. this is a Jameson. I'm going to tell you what I think. Yeah, this is just a me being like, here's the deal. As much as people say we're overpaid, mm-hmm. okay, and let's say they say, okay, well, we, you know, if, if I list your house, and we go underneath what the list price was, I don't make as much money. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the flip side, and I think this is even more important, is let's say I list a house for a six seventy five, seven hundred thousand. And during the negotiation, I market the house well, I get eyes on it, I have people come in, they're interested, so on and so forth. And all of a sudden it turns into a bidding war. And that house at six hundred and seventy five or seven hundred thousand sells for seven seventy. Mm-hmm. What have I done? I have made that person $70,000. Yes. The equivalent of my commission increase is like two grand, mm-hmm. right? It is not a lot. And so that's an equivalent of someone's yearly income. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I can contribute and essentially give somebody $60,000, $70,000 more than what they were expecting based on my skills, negotiation, marketing plan, expertise, et cetera. And it's going to net, net them 70 grand. It's going to cost them $2,000. If I were to go to any person watching this and say, hey, if you give me two grand, I'll give you 70. There is not a person on the planet that's going to go, no, <laughs> I don't want it. It's free money. Fuck that. Get out of my I'll face, slip my right? throat. I'll slip my throat saying. right now. Check this out. But that's the, I have a scenario. That's the part that people don't understand. And I'm going to call out this company right now. Open door. They okay. approached my client. Might as well be called closed door. Hey, whatever. We're all sitting our toes here. <laughs> you know what? Open the door, contacted my client. I, I was I was interviewing her and she's a past client, so she was gonna go with me. She she calls me, she said, Hey Oscar, I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. Open door offered me five fifty cash tomorrow for my house. I said, Okay. Give me forty five days. Market was hot. Give me forty five days. I will sell your house for over five fifty. I will sell it for at least six hundred. Is it worth fifty thousand dollars? She goes, sure. I'll give you forty five days. I said that's that's a, yep. that's yep. all I need. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. Twenty five grand a month. Yep. Why not? Well, but you know, thing. you know how much I sold that house for? Yeah. What? Six seventy five. Boom. I I made her a hundred thousand dollars. What she paid me was not part of that hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. After it's all said and done, because I asked for nothing. So. Yep. I. I gave myself a time, right? and, and, yep. and, and that's, that's, that's key. I'm not going to hold you off the market. I'm going to do my best. Mm-hmm. I'm going to dedicate my time, my expertise, because I know you're in. It was in Legacy Ridge. I knew that was going to sell. Mm-hmm. It, actually sell to an, it actually sold to another agent. Nice. In less than 45 days. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the point, right? You, we, that's where we put the work in, and we don't – like if you look at it, what we can make customers is not comparable to what we actually make. Absolutely. Which is fine. Absolutely. The second piece of this, and this is the last thing I'll say is, people don't understand the hats that we wear. Mm-hmm. We're there for the inspection. We're there for the cries. We're there for the divorces. Oh, we're there for the lawyer conversation. My wife said that was more like a therapist. Yes. 
than anything else. Mm -hmm. We are there because I do care. That's it. Right. And we don't charge for that, but it's built into how much we make. Mm -hmm. And the good agents will justify those costs. That's that's it. And I'll leave it at that. But that's those are the two things. All right. We make you more. We don't get paid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't no, know, no, job. if I make somebody seventy extra thousand dollars, yeah, I get thirty percent of that, forty percent. Yeah, I don't get. I get two point eight percent. But I think that's key, though. That's key because we don't get paid hourly. If no. we don't close, we are net. We get, <laughs> and that's not even. So what's my value that? worth? Yes, exactly. You know what? If I'm making good money, it means my value. I, I'll, I will challenge, an employer to give me a good hourly wage and I'm going to turn it down and say, how about you pay me what I'm worth? Yep. And I'm going to work hard because I'm going to make more money when you think that I'm worth because I'm going to make you some money. Exactly. And that's how I that's how I treat my real estate. And again, my, my business is built around filling a need. And if I do good for my client, they're going to refer people. Exactly. And that's exactly. the greatest compliment. compliment. On Absolutely. top of that, 100%. again, I have literally called a past client that wanted me to list their home and I said, I'm going to save you some money. I'm going to list for X amount. And they're like, nope. Mm-hmm. You did a good job here. We've made our money. You charge me what you need to charge because we know you're going to do good for us. And I actually made it more money. And now, the, and, and, and at the closing table, they're like, "Thank you." Yep. And now, and now that we're all worked up, now that we 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 touched on it, I'm gonna done. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Let's go ahead and give our one rock takeaway. And because this was such a a good topic, and and we we held them for a little bit longer, Woo! we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna I'm I'm gonna make it. Again, probably just just two 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 to three words, three words. Do your research. That's my one rock takeaway. I like it, Oscar. I love you guys. That's it. That's my takeaway. I I I love the general public. I I got into real estate because my mom got screwed with predatory lending. Hmm. Know who you're working with. I like That's it. it. Hi, right, James. Uh, mine is super simple. You don't need twenty percent down. There are options, research, debt, leverage. I like it. Research. Debt. Don't show. Don't sell yourself short. If you want to buy, talk to a good research, agent and a lender. Debt, leverage. I like it. All right. Educate yourself. And this is, I'd, honestly, the entire time that we've been talking, I've just been, <laughs> the cup has been up to my nose like 30 times. Because we're going to fight somebody, right? I'm going to put the blanket on. It's so cold. <laughs> All right, so uh, anybody right now? Let, let's go ahead and and uh, move into our rock rating for today. Okay, this is going to be tough. Yeah, I've been focusing on 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 the topic. Yeah, I've been just well. Changing. That's good. That's good because now it's gonna now the, let let the bourbon wash over wash over the, the frustration what? and anger. Wash. I tell you what, the bourbon <laughs> the bourbon did its job. Let's just right. Yep. Let's go with that. All right, I've I've started the last couple, so I'm gonna go ahead and give myself some time. One of you guys can take it. All right, I'll take it first actually because I don't think I've gone first yet. Um. Easy sipper. I, I I like the freshness. I really do. Um, we've had bourbons that have had a complex flavor profile before, which is nice. But every once in a while, you want one that isn't super complex, but is just cat damn enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's this. And I like the g- gimmick with the stick, but I can actually... I can get yeah, the value. I can't call it a gimmick, honestly. No, I get the value. No, no, I, that, um, I was gonna say, dude. That. I here's the deal. I like, I guess as I'm going through these, we're episode 14 now. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how the fuck I'm rating bourbon. Like, yeah. Do what? I rate it as if it was in <laughs> a fucking Manhattan versus old fashioned versus smoked versus neat versus up cost? 
cost. Yeah. So now I'm I'm kind of looking like, okay, is it does it have enough dynamics to fit all those criteria? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go two and a half. Okay, I like Honestly, it. I like. I it. really am. I could smoke this. It would be fantastic. Mm. All right, I put an ice cube it in it. Damn it! It would open it up. Throw it in an old fashioned. It's got enough bite to it that the sweetness wouldn't overtake it. Yep. And if I throw it neat, like I've been drinking today, on a hot topic, it's you guys' fault. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. We're baby. Yeah, yep. Two and a half. Yep. I like Oscar. It. Um, Oscar I am going to bring old fashioned stuff next episode. Okay. Dope. I like but it. my money where my mouth is. I'm we'll have pretty we'll damn good old fashioned. We'll have the knee. Next is old fashioned. And I'll bring we'll my smoothie at once, guys. We got, we got to have some so, here, all right? <laughs> again, with a gimmick, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that thing was a gimmick. Um, I could I could taste that stick in there. Mm. I really can. <laughs> I could I could I could it taste it. Gave me a creamy mouth That stick gave me a creamy mouth feel. It's sticking. It gave me a creamy mouth. That thing does make a difference. It does give it a different profile that I yeah. haven't tasted in other bourbons. Mm-hmm. Whether it's good or bad, it's them. Yep. And I can yeah. appreciate it's that. It's yeah. unique, and and it, it does it helps it in a, in a positive way. Um, the nose. Nah, it's cold as shit today, guys. I, my nose is is crapped. I'm I'm cold, but the the flavor profile, the what's the word, the palatability, the palatability. drinkability palatability. of it, it, it drinks well. It it's it's good. I don't have anything bad to say about it. It's a little more sour on 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 to the mash bill, but that's just me. I, yeah, I I just get some sour notes, and and the sour is not like a a lemon or a lime sour. It's more of like a like a fresh pine tang, yeah. Yeah, if you will, yeah, yeah. which I think that's what that. I think that's what they're going for. That's what they're, they're going for. True to their flavor, and and that's good. Um, I give it a solid three. Okay, I give it a good three. It's 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 a good sipper. I'll I'll buy it, especially for the price. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I'll buy it all day long. I I love that. Honestly, I've and I've been watching past episodes, getting the time codes, all that kind of stuff on them, and. It doesn't seem like we're all off at any point. Like there hasn't been one that I'm at one. Fuck yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and we'll find that right? bourbon though. It's like yeah. you know what, and you know what, I'm, I'm just gonna throw it out. Will it's probably gonna be one of those. I don't know if yeah, you like it. Like, so I will. Is, I'll, I'll give you guys that shit watched, a seven. Last episode, yeah. So I got the old granddad bonded, mm-hmm. and I had it last night before the concert I went to. Yeah. It is night and day. Like, I want to taste. I it. almost brought it in today just because I wanted you guys to comparison, it. because it is like, it, it's a different whiskey. Yeah, it's a completely different whiskey. But anyway, so um, uh, on the note of what b- b- both of you have said, as far as the shtick of the stick in the in the bottle, or the sh- the shtick, that's what I said. The shtick of the stick, right? You put a schmear <laughs> on your bagel. Um, as far as that goes, melted. Same, same as, as both these gentlemen here. I, I saw the stick in it and honestly, it was like, okay, cool. This is, this is a marketing ploy. This is some, makes them stand out on the shelf. Cinnamon stick in the bourbon. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I am pleasantly surprised at how, how well it does add to the flavor and how much you do get from it. But that is a thing. Like we said at the beginning. Yeah. Just like they, they put a hot poker in the beard to open up the conversation. Yeah. That is a thing. Absolutely. Outside of, this is the first bourbon that i've seen it in the bottle yes and I, I will say that as far as the flavor goes i have not tasted a bourbon that is as youthful on the tongue as this one chris and that's would you say crisp I, I yeah crisp exactly it's fresh it's, exactly yes and and it, i can i i want to give it to the to the stick that's why the freshness is there yep. oh down and the the uh outcast right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um 
when it comes to a rock rating, um, as as you were saying, Jameson, we've had some bourbons that have complexity mm-hmm. that hit the front of your tongue with one flavor, hit the back of your throat with another flavor, and then linger with a third flavor. Um, the reason that I wouldn't put this at that one and a half to two that we've done in the past is because it doesn't have those multiple multiple layer complexities to it. It is a phenomenal taste up front. It is sweet. It is flavorful. I definitely get the vanilla. I can smell the oak. I can smell the sweetness from the wood. But it is definitely, for me, I, w- I would keep it at that three specifically because it is not as complex as other bourbons that have touched that one and a half to the two uh, rock rating that we have. So with I that being like said... I have to like come up with an algorithm because I'm also basing it off... What's the age on this? Three years. Which is it's big because there's another bourbon out there that aged it one year and they add. If you grab the bourbon and you go like this, there's yeah. stuff in there. Yeah. And they, they add that because they need profile. Yep. For three years, yep. that stick in there, it does the job. Exactly. And, and that's what I was going to say is that's, that is why I would give it a, a solid three is because it's definitely for only being three years, for only being from one barrel. From, you know, for the price point that it is, what you get out of it, yeah. I think is a solid three. You consider Dude, fucking bourbon. Though. They're yeah. doing good job. Phenomenal. Yes. Phenomenal bourbon. That's, that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah, this is. Because they don't have to wait 10 years to get I it. Would, this is, I would wow. honestly be okay going, like right now, I'd leave the podcast and go buy this bottle to have it at home. Yeah. 100%. Yep. Absolutely. And I'd be very interested to see what this would taste like in a Manhattan, only because the Manhattan really kind of plays off of the flavor of the bourbon. Right. More so yeah. than the old fashioned does. So I would love to see this. Yeah, because the man has a little, it's a little bit more bitter. Yeah. So you have sweet yes. vermouth. Mm-hmm. You still have bitters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be on the more bitter side. Also, but so- like for an old fashioned, this this would serve as well. That the the profile for this has enough boldness to hold up to the yes. sweet of an old fashioned. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So I didn't mention this initially when we were talking about the their story or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So if you go to their website, they've got about twenty five different whiskey recipes that's awesome cocktails awesome that i think we'll have to try yes whiskey sour it's it goes so depth on that note stay tuned on the on the on the podcast channel because we know you guys like bourbon we know you guys like real estate especially if you're here so we can actually do now a separate playlist where we're trying these cocktails because we have these bottles after we leave the podcast right we have two dudes on this panel right now that used to be bartenders not me i like it i like I, i was uh but, friends of the bartenders. But Real quick, before we yes. before bounce, Oscar, how do we find you, bro? OscarTheRealtor.com. Perfect. Cross the board. Cross the board. Let me know about the new, the new logo. The yep. new logo. Sorry, logo. Yes. You know, I was kind of like, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe so not. So I like it. Let me know. If it sucks. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, The Lifting Agent, on TikTok, That Lifting Agent. Um, and phone number, 704-402-9690. It'll be in the description. Uh, with me, the Colorado real estate guy, super simple. It's on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, obviously Jameson Amaros. Um, and then phone number 720-584-3361. We'll throw that one down there as well. Uh, reach out to any of us though. Yeah. And, and in all honesty, guys, we just give, we just give this contact information just so you have another, pl- another point. Cause we all do real estate based stuff that will give you more information. But, um, what we want you to do is, is go through our mile high perspective. So R-E-S. OTR at the milehighperspective.com. Um, that's the best way to email all three of us at one point. And then um, I'm sorry, ADHD, I can't remember the phone number. James, it's 720 587 0263. Is it 720? Sorry, 303 583 
I'm gonna I'm gonna clip in the the video yeah. from last week where I was. We're gonna, gonna do some we're gonna do some bloopers. We're gonna finish this, and Jameson's gonna gnaw on that stick inside that box. But hey, so to Charlie's point, right? This is the beauty of us three. We got Northern Colorado over here, Southern Colorado to Northern Colorado, Northern Colorado everywhere. Like if everywhere, literally everywhere. Promise my my. My promise to you guys watching this is if you call and I'm the one that answers the phone and I think Oscar is the best person yep. for you or Charlie, mm-hmm. I'm going to pass you to that person Yep, because that that's what our goal is, is to help you guys out, right? Yeah. I know hey. that I don't know Hugo, Colorado at all. Dude, I fucking hate that town. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done I also Hugo. know that if you guys are looking at Thornton, Charlie lives up there, right? I also know that in Castle Rock, Oscar and I run this down here. So we will pair you guys mm-hmm. if you have questions on the market because real estate is so micro specific to the right person. And that's why we give you guys all of our contact information. Vet three agents. Yep. Vet three agents. That does not change with this podcast. Exactly. Vet me, vet Charlie, mm-hmm. vet Jameson. Yep. 20 years plus of experience, but I'll tell you one thing. These guys are good. And and it's not because they're part of the podcast. I wouldn't be sitting here with We're them if they're that. Yeah, dude, I do not give accolades to anybody. Half the time, I'm coming in talking shit about somebody. <laughs> These guys are good. They know their stuff. We're all and good, man. Plus, so we're here to help. Plus, yeah. plus whatever, wherever they lack and you choose them, we are here to back them. I'm here to back 100%. both these guys. So they're they're good. And on that note, guys, thank you so much for joining us for, for another episode. We're really happy to have you. Thank you. For- it was heavy. If you yes. stuck with us the whole time, thank you. Yes. We're, okay. we're looking forward to more. Can, soon. can, we, can we do fresh, so fresh is so clean? Did, so fresh is so clean. I don't, we don't no. really use it. <laughs> Damn it. We'll get sued for it. All right. Anyway, we love you. Drink responsibly. Be good. Hey, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and for the video version, subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Mile High Perspective.